間もなく一番線に渋谷新宿方面行きが参ります危ないですから黄色い線の内側までお下がりください The train bound for Shinjuku from Shibuya is approaching. Please stand behind the yellow lines as the train basically enters the station. Thank you very much. Tokyo, Tokyo, It's very nostalgic to listen to.、Um, these days, people have taken it upon themselves to actually upload clips on YouTube that I can usually use for this podcast. You like it? I actually spent some time to kind of like translate the first one.、Uh, basically, it's an announcement that comes in. And when that comes in, the,、uh, the announcement usually talks about which train is coming in,、um, where is it going, where is it coming from, where is it, where is it heading, like, you know, the departure and final destination. And then it talks about putting like standing behind the yellow line. So, if you are familiar with you know, most train stations in the city, we have like a yellow line. And in Japan, they have the same thing. And you should stand behind that because、um, you know, it's pretty dangerous if you stand too close, the train can basically hit you. So,、uh, as I move through this, I'm thinking about trying to kind of spoof this up a little bit. You know,、uh, Speaking about spoofing things up,、uh, we have, I actually have the interview. Uh, with、uh, Ryman Gaijin, aka Ryman Matthew. Matthew is an entrepreneur who also spends a lot of time、um, with building his, his own line brand as a you know, rapper.、Uh, he he spent most of his last years in Japan, and he also focuses a lot on、uh, the idea of working online. So, Uh, he has been online for you know, over 10 years now, and I've、uh, been listening to him when I actually was interested in going to Japan.、Uh, he had a lot of YouTube videos about life in Japan,、um, him trying to be a, a, an artist, and he, in the ups and downs. It was like, kind of like a vlog before it actually was pretty cool. 
So I definitely would like for you to sit down and listen to his talks about it. I took some time to really, you know, find, you know, I, I, I asked him about it and he was willing to do the interview. So, you know, it was pretty busy. But I have a lot of conversation. I'm, I don't know if I could put the whole thing in here right now, but I have about an hour of um, content that I have clipped down, you know. We're going to go ahead and we're going to start talking about it in a few minutes. But uh, before we get started with that, you know, I just want to basically take take the time to explain to everybody that this you, this uh, podcast is basically brought to you from Anchor FM. I'm um, not basically um, sponsored by them, but I utilize their services to make this podcast, and I find it very simple for me to put together. Um, po- that podcast is pretty much put together utilizing the uh, smartphone or your desktop application. You can utilize a phone, a microphone, or you can use a, a Blue Yeti microphone, one I'm using right now. But I, I, I like the ease in it, the ease of it. You can actually can put together a, a podcast in rel- relatively easy. You can download and share the link of the podcast, and you can also monetize it. I haven't necessarily did that, but I am looking at trying to um, continue to create more content and design for the brand by working on it every single day and anchor fm does that that's a trick um there are other ways of handling like podcasts it's like you know just basically um recording straight up audio and then just talking which is okay too but i haven't really uh felt really comfortable doing that because of the fact that um i kind of like being able to create these little small segments and these segments can be um, clipped into smaller pieces that are used to share over the internet. I don't really feel like everybody has an hour or 30 minutes out of their day to kind of listen to my, my talks like people maybe had, you know, back in the day. So uh, so we're, we're going to go ahead and, you know, just talk a little bit more about how this format goes. People who, maybe this is the first time you're actually coming in here. My podcast pretty much starts out with like talking about, you know, what's going on in my um, my newsletter that I have. Um, I was actually supposed to go ahead and kind of have an actual email broadcast broadcast using like uh, some formal email marketing software. But I decided not to actually put that out just yet, mainly because um, I'm trying to still figure out um, two or three more things before I actually put it out. Mainly um, what... Uh, what is going to be the address I'm going to be using? Am I going to be using, you know, like ksamble.chris at gmail.com or am I going to create like a, um, a standard uh, email for the web website I have? I have a website up right now at yamanote.tech. If you want to be a part of the newsletter that I have right now, which is basically I create a Google Doc document and I use like, you know, links and tags and stuff like that. It's very nice um, to have it up there because I don't have to, if anything gets changed, I can always upload. I can update that form and everybody can be able to get it because I'm sharing with them. Um, I want to be able to use uh, I want to be able to utilize the um, email broadcasting software because it allows me to know who's actually opening up the links, who's watching it, if if what if I should change something or I shouldn't and um, to kind of like build my audience so um so stay tuned for that i might um be sending something out probably early this week depending on how um this audio will work now i've been able to um doing a podcast online has been really relatively easy i've come to the understanding that your phone is very powerful i can actually record the entire thing on my phone i utilize a video chat service called zoom 
Us to build the um, to, to create the the podcast and record it um, because I can dial in a phone number and the user um, the other the guests can actually dial in as well and they can actually can talk you know on the on, over the phone which is sometimes a little bit better you know with signal wise and um, I can record that entire call using tape a call which turns the whole entire phone call into an audio bit that I can share on um, Evernote or Dropbox or even a file on my phone. And then I can actually listen to it and clip it. Um, I was uh, I have a lot of content you know, talking about that. And I will go ahead and go into further detail about the interview uh, in the next segment. But I want to just get all this out of the way. So um, basically, I also have the newsletter that I kind of talk about the links, the, just the videos and books and, and games or whatever I'm going, when I'm listening to, I try to like upload that weekly for people to kind of like look into if they're interested and uh, and that information is like usually used throughout and other different you know social media platforms but um, it's a great place to kind of if you're interested in, in like reading if you're a big reader if not that's kind of like how I like to place things out so if I talk about things in the podcast I can always refer back to the newsletter for people to have like actual comp documentation like sorted by date and time and and Google does a pretty good job to kind of like able to kind of create links that goes direct to like other websites and whatnot. And I think it's much safer too because of the fact that, you know, you're not worried about getting like some stray random email that's like just put on online. But I could be wrong. I mean, for right now, I, I, I do like that, you know, because most of my audience is actually, uh, they're actually a, uh, my people I know, family and friends, colleagues, coworkers. <laughs> And uh, for that, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, um, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about the interview. So stay tuned. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back. Uh, so I just want to go ahead before I start the uh, interview. I want to like make a little small introduction. So Ryan Gaijin uh, is a you know he's a basically a he started out as like a entrepreneur online trying to sell a lot of his music. He wanted to, you know, dance. He wanted to be able to um, find a way to, you know, find his brand. And rapping is something he's been doing. Recently, um, he made a, uh, a track, a song, like a minute or two every single day for 365 days. He basically calls it like 360, uh, 365 days of rhyming. And, um, you can actually can find it on uh, his website at Ryman, R-H-Y-M-I-N-G-G dot bandcamp.com. It's 365 Days of Rhyming by Rhyming, Rhyming Guy Engine. You know, he also has a link where you can buy the USB tape, which is pretty nice. I, I'm probably going to get it and uh, like try to help promote it as well because uh, it, was, it was very cool creative you know pretty much if you're if you're from uh, even 80s 70s 80s you know no baby you would probably know a lot about the tape cassettes and you use use tape cassettes in a cassette cassette player but he you it's a basically a, a usb stick attached to it so it looks like a tape cassette and it has a lot of extra features like extra content and of his and stuff and um i i thought it was a really clever idea so um if you, uh, I'll leave the links in the description below, and uh, hopefully you guys can uh, pay attention to that. Uh, but right now we're gonna go into the, uh, the the first part of the interview. 
All right, so now I'm using the phone to talk. Can you hear me now? Yes. Awesome. All right, great. I don't know why that was actually what's happening. It sounds even clearer now. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's go ahead and continue with the conversation. The last question I asked was, when, um, how early did you start your 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 brand or your business? I I get the rhyming gaijin brand or the brand of branding yourself. Um, well, that's a good question. Like the brand of the brand of rhyming gaijin, and I guess that would be like branding yourself. But I, what I mean by it is like the whole idea of going to um, to Japan. And utilizing this term to kind of spin off your your music um, business or your music brand in Japan. So like, I guess maybe that would start like maybe before, almost before you actually started to um, go to Japan, and then maybe right right after, you know, whatever you feel comfortable like talking about. Just like just tell me like your story. All right, the story. Uh, when I was, I don't know the age, but when NWA just came out, I remember, actually, I have a notebook. And so I think I was five or seven. Whenever NWA came out, that will pinpoint okay. that time. But I rem I, when I went home for Christmas this year, I found that notebook. And in the notebook, it said, I like, quoting young Matthew, I like to dance. I like to rap. I like mm -hmm. to make music. But what's crazy is rap wasn't even, I mean, NWA was there, but they weren't like, rap wasn't popular. They were being banned at that point. Mm -hmm. And what is the but NWA? At, Can you just give us a little bit of, shine a little bit, I, I light on that. What have you, you know, for the listeners that don't know about uh, NWA? And of course, well, luckily for the listeners of the day, there's a movie out, one of those biops. Whatever. But NWA is Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and Easy E, I believe. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre is the guy that signed Eminem, Beats by Dre. Ice Cube makes those great movies. Are we there yet? And other things. Mm -hmm. But a hip hop yeah. group. Um, they came out and they were very political when, at mm -hmm. a time when, well, in a sense, most black music was political, edgy, but there's this, through the day, they were banned, got all the way up to like the FCC, and they try to stop their music, they're one of the reasons you have advisor, anyway, so, <clears throat> it is a rap group, they were edgy, kind of like public enemy, old school, right, and at that point, I was making stickers by myself, using okay. um, wax paper, and um, coloring, and I would make stickers. So it was a kind of shop way back then. And I was selling it for like a quarter and a nickel. I didn't have a real mm -hmm. good price. And I remember making an NWA for my brother. So I think at that point was my entrepreneurial being coming into. Mm -hmm. And I always would make stuff and try to sell it. I just didn't have the sense my family's not a uh, entrepreneur. They're entrepreneurs in their own way, but making stuff and selling it wasn't mm -hmm. what was in our house. 
Mm-hmm. So I would do it. My mom would make it, or my mom would buy it. But it was what it. Around 16, I started rapping, or 12, I guess middle school, 12, Julio. Um, oh, okay. Fantastic Voyage. So I started like freestyling over that, changing the words. 16, I started to rap. Around 17 is where I took the name Manifesto because I was in in school suspension and the book happened to be around and it was started with an M. That was my thing. But Manifesto was, I took it because it was a collection of ideas. If you read the Communist Manifesto, it's just a bunch of different ideas. It worked with what I was doing. So Mm -hmm. at that point, I started to put it on my body. I had an airbrush shirt. That's all I could really do at that point. But I had a lot of clothes with manifesto written on it. And people asked if they could have that clothes too. Oh, that's cool. Can I have your sweater? Like, no, I only got one. I'm going to give you my sweater. Um, and college, Temple University, Philadelphia, what up? So I'm in college and I... I brought that spirit with me, so now it's mm-hmm. music-based, so I was making CDs. Um, I wouldn't recommend this, but I used my school tuition to buy a duplicator. A duplicator is a machine that duplicates. So I, I bought one of those. <clears throat> I bought a printer that you could print on, print on the mm-hmm. CDs. So you use this duplicator I, CD to pretty much get people's attention um, for the CD, like the, for the, the, the music you were singing. So like you needed the duplicator so you could make copies of the song, right? Of the music that you were making. That was the plan. Oh. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> that was the plan. By the duplicator. <laughs> make the CDs, give out some, sell some other ones. I had stickers. The whole campus was littered with my promotion. This was back mm-hmm. in the day when you like change when you could still get into computers. They weren't so difficult. Right. So so like everybody I, that didn't I have said, a computer. Well the school the school computers didn't have security. So you can literally oh. rip any program that was on it. Or you can set it up that when you click on you open Internet Explorer, it goes directly to my website that has my song playing. Mm-hmm. I did stuff like that. Uh, I was on a house. <laughs> That's really nice. Time Temple was kicking us out. They, they weren't giving us nice housing. So there's like a riot or a march. So I made a, a kind of uh, – uh, my own way, a political song about Temple not giving us housing and they're overcharging us. And Do you have any samples of that? Uh, so, it's, uh, that was popular color. Um, I mean, if you don't have it right now, that's okay. I mean, like, when I, when I process this, I might, when you say you made a song, I might play a, a clip of the song within it, you know? 
man, like it's it's there. Awesome. So I, I this is again back in the day. So I spammed everyone who was on the list, mm-hmm. you know, like after school, all those who needed housing, whatever. Mm-hmm. So everyone got blasted with my song. And the lady's like, hey, it was a cool song, but don't do that. <laughs> so then um, my girlfriend at the time, she and I were planning to go to L.A. And we're going to bust tables and do whatever we got to do to make it happen. And uh, one day she told me she's going to Rome, which was kind of out the blue. Up until that point, mm-hmm. I only knew one person who studied abroad or went outside the country. And ironically, she still, she went to Australia. She still lived there. But at that time, she never came back. I'm like, wow, she just left forever. So when my girlfriend at the time said she's going to Rome, that's what I felt. She's never coming back. So I looked at the brochure. It said Rome. It said Australia. It said London. And the last one was Tokyo. And I said, okay, I'll go to Tokyo. Prior to that, I never thought of Tokyo other than Sony's out there and Motorola's out there. And they make the cool mm-hmm. phones at the time. Mm-hmm. So I apply and she applies and we both get into our respective programs. But once again, I had nothing. There's no, I think what makes my me unique, some people always want to go to Japan. They dreamed about it since they were like in their mom's body. <laughs> yeah. But I could care less. If I got accepted, that's one thing. If I didn't, back to LA. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was just a whim. I didn't really think I would be above or beyond all those who are studying Japanese and all that. But I did get right. I did get accepted because that's what happened and um, I came out here with the manifesto brand I had all my clothes I learned how to write manifesto and katakana it's pretty long manifesto it's, I didn't and the way you say it doesn't sound as smooth so I switched it to Manny Manny Chan but it sounds very okay. childish so and I switched to Mashu because that's what my students were calling me. I made some songs mm-hmm. like that. And then as I was saying, I was in a little kind of bar, this little spot. My friend and I were freestyling, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a rhyming gaijin. I'm a rhyming gaijin. Rhyming guys, I like that. I'm, that's my name. And from that point, that's what I started to put on my clothes, rhyming guys. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, it wasn't all my clothes. It was just what I was saying. I made the channels, what have you. And I was, I think I posted on my YouTube, like, hey, I need somebody to help me with the logo. And um, Humble Bunny, that's his name, Nate, he's like, hey, I can do it. I'm like, cool. So we met. And uh, in my way, I said, I want a logo that's this, but not that, but that, but not this, a little bit of this, but a little bit of that. And Mm -hmm. he managed to come back the next week and he had some designs. I'm like, that that one right there. Like he, he was able to, 
understand what I wanted, and he made it. Mm-hmm. And he did it for like uh, he he did it for a price. And I was asking him, how do I put on a shirt? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, how do I get stickers? Like, I don't know. I just designed this stuff. So then there was a little journey of me trying to figure out how to get it from this little PDF to my body or to the shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. I found out. And then around that time, I'm starting to wear it in my videos and people are like, hey, what's that? That's cool. Can I buy it? And I'm like, sure. And I started to sell it. And so I guess to wrap, to summarize, I always was trying to sell stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I like doing. Yeah. So I'm not a, it's not my, I mean, I eventually went to business school, but selling is hard for me. I can make it. I just don't like selling it. So I ended up, I make, so back to college, I made all those CDs. I sat there just burning CDs all weekend, not eating. But when it came time to like get out there and put it to people, I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. So I ended up. So what, what, can we, let's let's go back to that a little bit. The, The actual decision to try to get someone to sell, to buy something that you created. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, how you how you started how how you how you overcame like the the the, the feelings of you wanted to actually you know to sell something and then how you felt when you actually sold your first um, CD? I I I don't I can't say that I overcame it like I'm still there. But what I mean by I mean what I mean by what I'm trying to get at is that I know that um, it may sound like you're over you're over something it. that's great but there's a point where you say you're going to um, make you're gonna sing you're gonna you know write you know some music and you're going to sing music you're gonna record it and then you're actually gonna sell it what's the, the point about selling this song selling this music. Like there was a um, when you started asking to go out and try to get people to to buy this these CDs, what what were you thinking about? How did you continue to push through? Or, or how about we think about how much time did it take for you to you know to do this? Like, because I, 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 right now you're still doing it. So whatever you had then, you have now, and that and that that passion is what I'm trying to. I like that if you can explain that a little bit. I guess. Actually, well, this is the long. Well, you're going to edit all this, and I feel bad that it's going to be this way. But um, today, I I met with two friends of mine. And really, I have this conversation all the time with creatives and non creatives. And so for me, the making part is just, is what I do. I, I, it's hard for me to sit there and not do something, not create something. Mm -hmm. So the outputting is easy 
me. I don't get writer's block. I'm not worried that my content isn't good enough. Like, I don't, those thoughts never come to my mind. And music-wise, I love, like, I am my biggest fan. There's no bigger fan than me. I still listen to, oh, my iPhone freaking died a couple of months ago. So all my music got, like, erased. But what? all my old music was still, well, it's on hard drives, but I had it in that kind of little playlist. And But all my music right. is still on my iPhone from mm-hmm. the tapes I used to make so when I was 16. Mm-hmm. It's, I still listen to them. I, I remember sitting in the house. Um, I got a, a little mini disc, uh, uh, mini tape recorder of me walking home from work. I remember walking home from work saying whatever I was saying, freestyling, which all that, every song to me is precious. It's gold. And every, it went from tape to CD to MP3. Now I'm putting, I'm in the process of putting everything in the cloud because mm-hmm. that's my treasure. When I, Long, I want these things to be in some type of form that's easy for people to like. I, I doubt anyone could go through any of my hard drives and make sense of it because it's just random like that. Now, the selling part. Now, this is difficult for me because I, uh, I'm friends with a lot of musicians, artists, and they're working just as hard to make their music too. So. The money that they could give to me, they could put it back into their art too. Mm-hmm. Or if you need to eat, and that's it. And this kind of my overall thing. I wouldn't want someone to like save up two months of paychecks to buy my shoes. It's just going to depreciate and have no value. They could have some resale value, but they should invest that. Invest in their own right. education. Invest in their. So I feel. I, it's it's kind of uh, it's a catch twenty two. Of course, I want them to buy whatever I'm selling so I can live a better life. But I don't. I feel weird, so I don't wear Nikes because of that reason. I don't wear. I did when I was younger, but as soon mm-hmm. as I put my logo on my body, mm-hmm. it, it just killed. I mean. Back in the day, I used to rock these easy. When I came out here, I saw these kids with these pants. They have a big M painted on the back of them. And that's mm-hmm. M for Manifesto or M for Matthew. And I found out it's Evis. Ev- 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 the one pair of jeans is like $300. I had six of those. Hats are like $100. I had 12 of those. 15 of those hats? I just had so much... And I read an interview from the guy who made it, and he's like, yeah, I'm not really interested in spreading my brand to America. It's kind of a Japan thing. I was kind of salty. Then when I made, when I, when I got the logo mm-hmm. and I put it on my hat for the first time, my mm-hmm. what, $7 trucker hat, and I put my little okay. logo on it, I found a place that mm-hmm. do it for me. Mm-hmm. I literally threw all those clothes away. Like, I, I, why do I need to wear your brand? I got my own. So the sense of value, I, it is for me. I, and then when, I want everyone to have their own value, which kind of is counterproductive. Now, if I have a manager and he's doing the selling on my behalf, mm-hmm. he's a little bit more distance away from me. 
Mm-hmm. And I might not care so much, but if it's me, I'll probably give it to you for free. And that's no way to run a business. Uh, if I'm buying it, got to make some kind of profit. Ideally, I would want the money to generate somehow so I can give away stuff for free. Uh, that's where I would want to go with it. But lights have so, to be turned on and, you know. I got it. Got it. So, what I what I what I'm trying to uh, what I, I see here is that you have like you have the the passion to talk about the brand and uh, building your uh, yourself through entrepreneurship and you understand about you know when it makes certain profit margins. Uh, what what actually what I'm trying to kind of to kind of uh, find out is how do you um, promote value towards your brand? What would be some of the um, ways that you would do that? The way you can increase the value for your profit margin? I I, I mean, everyone knows this answer. The answer is not that difficult. What well, actually, I did on my is. channel. It is. It is. Because, oh. like, I actually get people, a lot of people have a different, I have, they have different ways that they feel that they increase value. But um, I'm, I'm just asking everybody so okay well i would i put it this way um warren buffett said something like if you want to be a millionaire stop spending money <laughs> very like good it's that simple mm-hmm. and it's the same with the brand if you want people to believe in your brand be real be honest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get your heart out there which everyone knows this in a sense it's kind of intuitive, but the minute you start to do that, you're vulnerable. And it's kind of the trade-off. So when I'm on YouTube, this is my girlfriend, nothing lasts forever. And eventually when shit goes south, it's not going to be a pretty thing. And you can see this with a lot of vloggers and YouTubers. When they break up, their channel gets a little funny. Their brand uh, I don't. I, I used to make videos, but I didn't watch videos. But um, there was a mm. big one. They were like getting millions of views per video, and when they broke up, people were like crying and having heart attacks. But outside of YouTube, when um Brad and what's her face got divorced, when Brad and Nicki Minaj like, and uh, Brad, oh okay, like Brad Pitt and um Angelina Jolie. Like right. people have something to say about it, like they, yeah, they're concerned, they're they're worried, and I didn't think that would happen for me because I'm just this mm-hmm. random guy on YouTube in Japan who gets like on a good day a hundred likes. I don't think I ever got a hundred likes, but okay, but up, like just that that before you go and uh, you push on to that, people this idea that you're a random person. You're, you're you're only random until the person you know sees you for the first time. After like if you, after a hundred likes, you, people are coming in because they, they somebody knows of you, and the algorithm knows of you, and now the algorithm is sending your stuff to people because someone came to your site and or to your YouTube channel and was able to kind of see there was some value there. So you know you know like the the way I actually found your information. 
was random, but only in that instant. You know, the the I I con I continuously um, knew of your videos, and for some reason, being able to even uh, to, to, to go through my Facebook friends and and listen to, and, and see that your stuff is there, I it helped me to keep track of of that. So I I don't I don't think that it's too random, you know. Like there's something I hear things that you're talking about that's very similar to, to the the principles I have, and I, I see I hear different I hear very similar things that a lot of people go for. So it's it's random, but it's I don't necessarily think it's but but um but can uh, continue. <laughs> Sorry, like uh, it's. Uh, it's when I started YouTube, uh, when I started YouTube, I I didn't know people watched YouTube. I okay. from college. I went to school for video making, so I was making DVDs mm-hmm. when no one had DVDs. Players. Okay, so that's I was like always early making Yeah, when okay. the Apple Power G3 came out, so. I'm in Japan for the second time, and someone sends me a a random email saying, "Hey, you should come to YouTube." I think it was a bot. Uh, it might have been someone staff, but either way, they're just sending out this email to everyone. I go on there, I upload a couple of videos. No one watches. Life goes on, and I come back <laughs> to Japan the third time to start watching mm-hmm. to start working. Mm-hmm. And um, I check those videos again, and there's still no one there. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that people were watching it. So my intent for making the videos in the beginning was for my friends in the States who were mm-hmm. not coming to Japan anytime soon for my family right. to see what I'm doing out here. So right. There's no, my friends didn't watch either. No one watched. It was, I was just too ahead of that curve. So was just, I'm posting videos, no one's watching and life mm-hmm. goes on. I started posting some of my shows. No one watches. Life goes on. But I ran into a video now. Well, and I, I don't know. I, I, and, 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 and talking from a fan, like, I don't know exactly how I ran into your videos. But I think that it, I was looking for videos. I, w- I was watching a lot of videos of people living in Japan. So you might have said something in, on your videos about being in Japan, about being... Um, being an entrepreneur, you know, just you know, being being black, I think could be a, another idea too. I don't, I don't know, but um, it didn't stop me from watching. Once I started watching it, it, it continued. I think there might have been like a stop. There was other people. Okay, lastly, let me tell you. Let me let me help you put a little bit of a um, spice on that time frame. Okay, so there were a few people that were pretty big during that time that I was watching. All right, so um, there's a guy named Kane Carter. I familiar with Kane Carter. He has a thing called Hot Damn My Rap. He lives in Baltimore. He does all these comedy things. And then there was uh, this guy, Unforgivable. There was um, it was very very special like videos about um, podcasts called um, I don't remember. Uh, wait, let me look at the notes. Oh yeah. Um, Hello from from Japan. That was a podcast, 
that the guy started putting his videos online. So I think that um, he was also in Japan. He that guy was also in Japan, and he like did things like that. But I think your videos was the first one with music, and you were like doing music in Japan. There was also Black Tokyo podcast. That was a pretty big one as well. So I think that my point from what I was looking at might have helped me find those things too. Because I, I don't know, that was around 2006 or seven, maybe even, I think maybe a little bit earlier, 2008. Does that ring a bell for you? Mm-hmm. How to put this? Um, so in general, I am oblivious to, like, you know the TV show Heroes? Yeah, I heard that. That was an old, well, it's kind of old now. Yeah, Heroes. So I started watching it maybe five years later. <laughs> okay. And eventually they got canceled. So eventually a lot of people were, like, upset. But I didn't notice all that until five years later when I'm watching it and I can't find the the last season. Mm-hmm. Now I'm upset. Like that's kind of my. <laughs> so in Japan they were vlogging from 2007, I think Tokyo Kuni. Mm-hmm. He was like the godfather of vlogging. There were there were Tokyo out there who? I, Kuni. Kuni. Okay. He, there was a bunch of them. They were just doing their thing. But I didn't know about them because I wasn't vlogging. I was a rapper making videos about me rapping in Japan for my friends mm-hmm. in the States. Mm-hmm. So when people would write me comments, I always think it's weird. I don't know you. I didn't. So my girlfriend at that time, like, who are these people who are writing to me? I don't know them. It's weird. But it was a whole ah. thing. So I never connected. And then I made, so my first 2005 videos were just me rapping. There was no content mm-hmm. other than, look at me, I'm rapping. Look at me, I'm rapping. I'm still rapping. But who cares? Mm-hmm. So then I made this video, like, um, it was summertime. I just moved to a house. And, but yeah, it's really hot in Japan. So it was kind of, I was vlogging by accident. So I'm like, and it's hot, and I, I, I'm ranting it. I make a little rap song out of that. Uh, we have to separate the trash in Japan. I made a rap about that. And then my girlfriend at that time, she kind of played along with me in this, this thing I was doing. And that's when more people started to, like, find me. I think it's the girl. It's always the girl. But people started coming. <laughs> like, hey, man, you're so cool. Uh, Tokyo Sam. Okay. So he reaches out to me, and I I click on his videos, and he's, like, doing the same thing as me, but, like, J-Vlogger. Like, J-Vloggers 1.0, the way they used to do things. Hey, guys, I'm Mm -hmm. in Japan. This is so great. I thought, Mm -hmm. ew. So I came from, I know how to use Final Cut. I want to edit and use some After Effects and all that good shit. And they're just sitting in front of a camera talking. But they were getting all these views, and it's like, that's, that's, I disapprove of this. So, again, I wasn't interested. But more people were talking to me 
about whatever. So mm-hmm. around this point, I started to, I made one video with my girlfriend. Like, and I won't get credit for it because it's just what it is. But I made a video with my girlfriend at the time talking about dating in Japan, which is mm-hmm. like one of the biggest topics now. It never, it, if I make a video today, I'll still get lots of views because that's what a lot of people care about. But mm-hmm. I just, I just wanted, she's there. We asked and we got a lot of views. And then, um, I, uh, views, 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 fast forward, fast forward. This one producer guy, mm-hmm. he started sending me his beats, but I kept telling my girlfriend at the time, why would he send me beats? I don't know him. I, like, it's just, it was a weird concept for me. And then you didn't like you didn't like them, you didn't like the you didn't like the the people who just randomly got in contact and tried well, to I, work with you. That was kind of weird. Well, I'm weird in the sense that I'm oblivious. I didn't know there was an ecosystem inside of YouTube. I didn't do podcasts. Ah. I didn't do uh, blogs. I didn't do chat rooms. Mm. Like I'm so. Okay. One is I'm self-sufficient. If I need it done, I do it myself. So, where yeah. other people are actively looking for, hey, how do I come to Japan? I didn't need to ask. I'm just gonna come and figure it out. So, I just well, I'm telling you right now, you were pretty it. popular. You were, you were pretty popular. It was. I mean, like you were the only one out there doing it. I used to. I have a few of my. <laughs> I have a few friends of mine that <laughs> we have a Japanese group. We used to have what's called JCAG in New York. I'll send you a link to the rest of it where we kind of like all the, uh, I don't know, <laughs> the Kokujins, like with who was sleep Japanese and stuff like that. And I was telling them like, hey, I want you to sign up for my little YouTube channel and, and I want you to sing it. As soon as I said that, Robin got in it, the whole freaking chat grew up. So just not to, <laughs> because we used to, we would just find out what people were doing. So it's not, it's not really about. Um, don't get scared. It's like it's like it's like like, like this is definitely like you know that we kind of like tried to keep track of all the people online doing something, you know, because like I feel like if you were out there doing something like that, you're you're kind of like standing up for all of the culture that's in Japan, uh, in America, like black culture, hip hop culture, you know. So it's 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 great to kind of be able to talk to you about it and hear that you know you didn't necessarily um, set that up, but um, yeah, people do listen. A lot, a lot of people, what they do, they lurk, you know, like they don't really interact. They just say a few things and then that's it. I think I said a few things back in, back in, back in the day, but I didn't know how to really connect with you either. I think one of the things I actually would have, um, I actually find myself connecting to is when people have the live Q&A, you know, where they'll like have people like come in and like ask questions and stuff and you would just answer it. You know, I think, and that's that the new YouTube allows us to do that. The new YouTube live where you would have like chats coming up and you would just answer in. And I think that it's more engaging. That was, you know, so, but yeah, you know, I think that it was just, you know, it's just cool to kind of see you out there doing it. And then like your music, it becomes you, you know, like I, I, it's more like I understand where music is. It is a, it's a label of who you are. When you're speaking that, when you're speaking or you're sort of rapping or you're telling a story, it's all on you. It's not really 
I guess, um, like, uh, you're not necessarily, you know, there's meaning behind it. There's a story behind it. And, um, you know, and looking back at it now, I think that it's, it's great to uh, actually have that. I think that um, you can, um, you can, you can, uh, you know, not adapt, but you can relate to that, I'm sure. I, I guess if you go, if we jump to the future, now it's 2018. 2020. Oh, 20, okay, jump 2018. Okay, 2018. So I stopped doing YouTube for like at least three years now. I, I stopped right after grad school, which is it's weird. I just didn't want to do it anymore. Other things happened. So I go out to this event, and uh, it's the first time I'm at a music event because I, I kind of stopped doing everything. And there's some black people there. It's, most, it's a rap event. There's some black people there mostly English speakers. Mm -hmm. And this guy comes up to me, he's like, you rhyme in garden. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So fast forward to 2020, um, his, we're all, we're a group of friends. But he's saying, yo, when so-and-so met you the first time, he was like super excited to meet you because he said he watched your videos, but when he talked to you, he was like, wow, Ryman Gaijin is so different from whatever. But after talking to me more, he's like, he's like, no, Ryman Gaijin is just like that. So I, mm -hmm. that story, I, I'm meeting, I've met so many people who said, yeah, that one video where you talked about immigration helped me get to immigration. Or I... But the problem, the issue, the thing was, I didn't know that they existed. It's as if I was throwing rocks over a a, a wall, not knowing that mm -hmm. they're going in the bucket. So I had no rest. Where my my the other guys, the other YouTubers, mm -hmm. they're getting right. like. I mean, it could be because we're black, or uh, whatever, but. I mean, like, I feel like it's because there are some popular people that are in Japan, like not just in Japan. I, like, I, I don't think it has anything to do about black. I think it has a lot to do about the mindset has changed. So when you talk about like early on, 2007, like how many people were on the internet then? Now there's like, you know, now the visa in Japan has changed. So there's a lot more people online doing things, you know? So, and, and now people are able to go to Japan now, so, like, maybe now that's kind of, like, why you you might see a difference. If well, it, it, I mean, like, I, I have this kind of, like, I, I always try to tell people you should make a video or you should do whatever, do something. Put yourself out there, express whatever medium works for you. Yeah. And I always kind of, think about my story mm -hmm. and like the hardest thing for most people when it comes to most things is you post your podcast or you post your video and there's no views or no likes or no comments and you think that sucks and you quit no they quit. yeah yeah i mean I, but I, yeah but in my case why do you I think didn't that? Know that like, any, oh, like when I started, 
there was no money. You didn't do YouTube for money in 2006. Mm-hmm. You did it because you are weird in that way, and you just want to put stuff out on the world wide web. Mm-hmm. Now, 2020, you know that you can get signed, or you can get a deal, or you can get a this, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what people are aiming for to get something which I didn't have that because it didn't exist. Now when I post the video, it's like I get 10 views. When I used to get 20 views, it's a weird feeling. But it's a different time. But if, I don't know, if, I feel if I, because even now, right, I'm I'm building, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my beta test because I want to get back into it. You know, I want to get back into I it. I see it. And you get a lot of views. I see 100 views. I see 200 views here. I mean, like, some of the old videos have 15K. And over time, like, the videos come up there. I, I really feel like uh, that people like a story, you know, and people and people relate to the story, you know? You don't think so? Well, stories help, but I, I can... I mean, I can't. So back to the, the, just being authentic, I would never. <laughs> I'm sorry I, if I'm cutting you I off. I just no, just do what you gotta do. It's it's your interview, so don't let me go off on wild tangents. Get the information. Got it. Got but, it. Um, um, if I had a girlfriend, uh huh, girlfriend. I mean, I had a girlfriend, but some of them don't care for YouTube. They don't want to be yeah. anywhere near. That's Japan. But yeah, it's not the Japan thing. It's it's just it's a them thing, you know. They like just. But either way, so if I had this girlfriend and I made mm-hmm. my videos, I'd jump from that 100 to like 500. That story would boy meets girl. The girl and even the video. in these ones. But I don't want that. Like I, I I'm a photographer now. That's my newest hobby. Mm-hmm. I guess put girls to my videos all day long. It's not what I want. I want. I. I, I want the authenticity. Well, it needs to be real. Like, see, all right. If you look at my channels, or I have to, but if you look at my videos, you don't hear me talking so much about being a black guy in Japan. Right. That was never my. I'm black. That wasn't. I'm in Japan. And I I like that. I like that about your video. Like that you don't you don't you don't try to use that coin. A lot of people today have that, you know, black podcast or melon. You know, oh, uh, as black as uh, there's, there's a good one. I don't want to say it because he might watch it as well. There's a guy named Ronzo. He plays here. He has a thing called Black Experience Japan, which I think is great. But I feel that when it comes down to it, if you re- if you relate relate back to that book Homo Deus, you know that we have to understand that humans are organisms, you know, and that we're all, we all kind of like have, all have the, the same properties encapsulated into us. And just because we are living in different areas or different times that we can find something in our video that we can relate to. Like for instance, that you might get more video views because of the fact that um, you might have a, a girl in the video or you might have a girl as a the head of the video because many, Many people always want to wonder why this running guy didn't have this 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 girl on the, on the video. But that won't that would be with anybody. I mean, like I think I think I think we can see where with the data as time goes on, 
you can figure out more. I mean, that's, that's another thing about YouTube now. YouTube allows you to kind of play with the data. You can, you can actually can see when people like click on your links, on your videos, how far they go into your video, when do they stop looking at the video. You know, you can do a lot of those things now. So I think that, you know, with all the knowledge that you know before, you're kind of like ahead of the game. You know, anybody who comes into this group, anybody that comes into, you know, um, this social media space now is going to need a lot of help, you know, we're trying to get touch with people. And you can kind of like build on top of that by like taking this information that you know about what happened in the past and sharing on what you can, what you can use in the future. Because for instance, email marketing would have been a great opportunity to help you build your brand meaning that you would actually would get people, you would make a landing page and you would kind of like have your, um, a way to say, if you, if you go ahead, you get the first few, you get some free music from you um, on the iTunes or whatever, case MP3, you could download it for free, you give them the email list. And then as you continue to make more and more videos, you can kind of use these emails not only to alert people to videos that you put through, but also to sell, to sell, prop, to sell products and stuff. And that's what YouTube is actually being used for by you talking about, you know, what type of music you listen to, what type of um, products you use to record your videos, how do you get your ideas going on? Like you, 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 um, you actually pick your own brain, and then um, you make videos about that, you know. And like you, I think that you had some videos. One of the videos I wanted to talk about was um, you had a video on it called "How to Get English Teaching Job in Japan." And I had like 17K views, you know, I, I, going into your, uh, like so you saw by popularity, you know, the the largest video, the, 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 the most viewed videos are, I think top, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, top view was short skirts in Japan, Tokyo nightlife, next file dating in Japan and Tokyo nightlife. So I, you can tell what people like to know about, you know? And if you, you can flex the videos that way, with your own brand, you know, and try to, do, I mean, it, it takes a lot of work, but I really, I really think that, you know, with the data you have right here, you already know where you got to go, <laughs> you know, don't you think? Well, I'll let you in, I'll let everyone on, in on a secret. So I, I always read books, reading books is great. And uh, yeah, early on, awesome. I read Google Analytics. It's not a ah. book. It was a boring ass book, but I read it because I was numbers, numbers. So I started really getting into it. Uh-huh. I remember walking around preaching to people, "Hey, man, it's the numbers, it's the numbers," and they're looking at me like I'm some I have two heads or something. I, I found yeah. no one who was like on board, and then I start to make money, and I'm looking at how come this video gets point zero 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 five, and this one gets point zero three. So then I went into the whole ecosystem of um, AdSense and all that. Mm-hmm. I was really deep into it. Then I read another book, and the guy's like, the 80-20 rule. I just picked up the 80-20 rule book, and I'm reading that. And he's like, yeah, 80% of your videos 80%. ain't going to do full. So I deleted. Like right now, if you, some people, hey, what happened to that video? I just deleted the 80% that wasn't doing anything and left but, those 20% wow. which boosted the ones that you see are boosted because that's what people are looking at. But overall, it didn't. I mean, it did. It, I mean, when I was doing it, nothing happened. Now the results have. I guess what happened. 
the bane of everything I do is I'm always trying to do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I find myself trying to get people on board to what I'm doing at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But they can't see it because it's, it's why would you put videos on YouTube? Fast forward. Anyway. I hear you, man. I hear you. And now I'm out of it. Like today I met this this guy. He's telling me that's what he's doing now. I'm like, that's great, but there's much there's there's other. I'm on another a whole another plane. So for me to go back to YouTube is is weird. I well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean yeah. Go ahead. So back to the the, the passion. The reason I made the how to get a teaching job in Japan, one, no one was making the video at that time. Two, I just that day or that week I was I was with this company and mm-hmm. I think every year we get a new contract, but they 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 didn't tell me if I got it or not. So my visa expires in April. The contract ended in February and for those two little months I don't know if I have a job, and they're not telling me. And I didn't get the job, and I had to scramble to get the next job. And I'm like, these people are screwing with us. They're not our friends. So I'm like, I'm going to teach people how to be ready for this, and that's why I made those videos. So it was a genuine, not this is going to get clicks, and this is going to – it was I want people never to experience what I'm experiencing. Come out here, live your life, have fun. Do not think these companies are – your friend and that's and i think that resonated with a lot of people because i'm not trying to sell i wasn't selling you anything i was just a dude doing his thing and this is something you gotta and that's kind of most of my videos this is my girlfriend she's Mm -hmm. not like she's a regular person and Mm -hmm. we fight and people i remember people oh my gosh she's the con, um, I, I get it, I guess, because mm-hmm. when I look at uh, who do I, I don't really look up to many people, but uh, let's say um, who is someone, who is someone recent? Uh, okay, Kanye West. Everyone knows him. Oh wow! Okay, you sure you want to use that? <laughs> well, I need someone who's relevant or. Outcast is another one, Andre 3000. No, no, it's okay. You can use, you can use it. It's fine. It's just... <sighs> I'm, I'm a fan of Kanye West. I just... I, I... Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. The things he's doing or going through, mm-hmm. no one mm-hmm. cares. They're more concerned mm-hmm. with the, the, the what, but not the whys. Right. Like, clearly, something is you just most people don't just get up and do things without a some 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 uh spark some mm-hmm. something but no one cares because when you look at the comments like oh we want the old one well you can't get the old one you can't go back in time and and that's kind of where i'm at and everyone everyone's growing so they're changing one of things and people either ride with you or they leave. Mm-hmm. And YouTube being a free medium, mm-hmm. you can't. It's 
it's it's a tough crowd. Tough crowd. So where would you but, where where do you where do you see yourself at then? Where where do you see uh, Ryman Gaijin, Ryman Matthew, you know, Matthew, you know, the artist. How, where do you where are you looking at yourself in the future? I mean, in the perfect, perfect, perfect ideal future, it's something mm-hmm. like this. I might do it. I don't think I'll do it, but next week, if it doesn't come up, it didn't happen. But next week, well, no, no, no. But as I mentioned, I never knew people were watching me. And then seven, eight, ten years later, they're telling me all these stories. And it's like, well, that's, that's, that's great. But I live, I, really thought no one was watching like I, I can't think of a good I, I don't know the movie name but basically this dude uh, uh, The Mist you see The Mist? The Mist tell me the name is the title I said M-I-S-T uh, it's a Stephen King movie The Mist it's, they're okay. in like well it's the movie not the book so they're, oh. they're in this like thing. The mist comes and all these crazy demonic creatures are killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets in his car and he is driving away into the mist. And then he, the car stops. So they have to like decide if they're going to live or kill themselves. He only has five bullets, but there's six people in the car. So he shoots everyone. Blah, 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 blah. When the mist clears, it's um, the army. Not the creatures. Okay. Now he has to live. So, so, so basically, um, the 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 way the ending of this this movie is is that, um, you know, spoiler alert for the people who haven't watched this, is that there was the there was, was in the car and they had to commit suicide by killing themselves and the person killing them with the gun would be the person. Um, uh, the last person alive. So they already choose the last person. They already knew. They already knew who was well, going to die, who was going to survive. Well, well, not that so much, but just they're in the mist, so they don't know what's out there. They don't know the right steps to make. They mm-hmm. could just wait and be ate, killed mm-hmm. by these monsters. The little mm-hmm. daughter's going to die by a monster. It's horrible. But put them mm-hmm. out their misery. Keep the timing. So mm-hmm. I didn't know people were watching me so I shot myself in a sense. My channel would have kept growing. I could have been whatever, but I just stopped doing because I thought what is the point? What's because now I start seeing this is twenty fifteen I guess. Twenty yeah, mm-hmm. when I'm in college or grad school. And there's mm-hmm. people in Japan, living off of YouTube, right. doing more or less the same thing I've been doing, but they right. figured it out or they got their system down. Now, if my crowd has been a predominantly black crowd, they weren't catering mm-hmm. to the black crowd. And if so the if black crowd was the at, reason. Okay. I mean, crowd was if you go like when I started my channel, mm-hmm. the rapping channel. Mm-hmm. People would say, so I made the teaching videos, and they're like, yeah, we like the information, but we don't like raps. Fix your hat. Stop being so rapidly raps. So I made a new mm-hmm. channel, Rhyming Gaijin, which had no rap music in it. It was just mm-hmm. a guy in Japan 
And mm-hmm. I, if you talked about the analytics, I could see that when the channel that had more ethnic type people, hip hop oriented, there was no ad revenue coming from them. It'd be like mm-hmm. $10 on this channel, $30 on the non-rap channel. Mm-hmm. And this is, so I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And then you could see the numbers. So if you start to dig down into it, in 19 or 2015, 14, 13, whatever, the average mm-hmm. household or the people who are listening to me on one, or it says mm-hmm. they're watching from their phone, right. some type of phone. You can't click right. ads on a phone at that time. Right. The people who are clicking are probably college-bound, college students sitting in their dorms, clicky, click, click, click. Different mm-hmm. segments, different demographics, whole different. But I didn't know all that. How could mm-hmm. I? I mean, right. it just, it just. And then when I would talk to people, it'd be like, this one guy he let me into his account, and I went through his account and I color coded everything, threw it in an Excel to show him that eighty percent of your videos are doing shit. It's these twenty, but he was. It was very hard. I've color-coded it for the man. He just, he couldn't see what I was trying to get at. And it Mm -hmm. was frustrating because it's like I have this knowledge I want to share, but I was unable to do it. But did you write anything? Hmm? Did you write anything? Did you publish any any blogs anywhere? I know. Um, No. No, I mean that's so. So it's just it's just YouTube and Facebook. What about Facebook? For the, I guess the the reference would be um, you see Wolverine, the last one, the one who is in Japan, right? The Wolverine uh, after that one. That one. Oh no, what was that Logan. One? I guess Logan. Okay, Logan. Okay, yeah, the one so, that when Logan. he was like lost his memory. Okay, so this is the X Men movie. This is a Marvel, like a Marvel Fox yeah. movie. That's Logan. That people would know, and you're talking, you're making a reference in the movie Logan, starring uh, Hugh Jackman. Yes. Okay. So in Logan, he's like, so when we see them, uh, for the most, or it's just it's the it's the same arc in all movies. So in um. Batman the trilogy with um, Snyder I believe made that one the mm-hmm. third one Batman's all like old and like just not doing very well mm-hmm. and Logan the third one he's old and he's not doing very well He's the Superman also did the same arc but people didn't like mm-hmm. to see that style of Superman uh, Tony Stark had one like it's basically the third movie First one they get the power, second one they beat someone, and the third one they're kind of thinking, "Is this what life is this? Is this what I'm saying?" Or life is this. so. I, that was where I'm at. I can't. I could talk to you all night. We probably won't, but I could. <laughs> dude, dude, so dude, I, I, I'm, I'm so interested in grabbing some feedback. I don't have any problem. Um, I can. I can let me let me ask you know what let, let me um let me um hang up and call again so I can divide these videos I mean these audios I don't lose it I have an hour of this um, audio right now one second.
Okay. All right, so that's going to be the first part of this series of um, of the actual, you know, interview with Ramin Matthew, Ramin Gaijin. Uh, I would like to go ahead and thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you're interested in finding out more about Ramin Gaijin's um, music, he, I can basically leave a link at that rhymingg.bat.pancap.com. Uh, um, let me just go ahead and make sure I say it one more time. So that's rhyming G, that letter G, so two G's, and dot bandcamp.com. Uh, and it's called 365 Days of Rhyming by Rhyming Gaijin. Um, he, uh, he also is selling uh, some content and products. Uh, you, can, you can find out more about that from there. And uh, on the next part of your interview, we'll be talking a little bit more Mostly, we, we get more into the, the actual, uh, the idea of, like, being on YouTube, you know, and finding out why uh, he wanted to actually, you know, use YouTube as a platform for building, you know, his brand or even communicating with his his, uh, his audience. And, um, you know, and hopefully uh, you will be find some content that's interesting to you. Um, if you have any questions um, feel feel please feel free to you know send that content to me at ksamuel.chris at gmail.com um, also pay attention to us on twitter at yamanote underscore in tech and uh, we also have a website now uh, yay uh, so it's yamanote.tech and uh, thanks for listening and I'll see you guys in the next episode one fine day you realize to your astonishment there is no way at all, of having your mind anywhere else but in the present moment. As even when you think about the past or the future, you're doing it now, aren't you? And that results in a very curious transformation of consciousness. You feel that you, or that the present moment is flowing along and carrying you with it all the time. Just like the flow of the Tao. The flow of the Tao is as if what we would call the flow of the present. See? And you're with it. There's no way of being anywhere else. The Jung Yong, the book called uh, The Unwobbling Pivot, says the Tao is that from which one cannot deviate. That from which one can deviate is not the Tao. Or to put it into the form of a Zen story, the master Joshu said to Nansen, what is the Tao? Nansen replied, your everyday mind is the Tao. Joshu asked, how do you get into accord? Nansen replied, when you try to accord, you deviate.